We all know there are times when you don't have many choices in who you work with, like when a pipe bursts and you need a plumber right now. But when it comes to your mental health, you should have choices so you don't get stuck with a therapist who can't remember what you tell them every week. To find a good therapist for you, try ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including thousands of mental health providers. We're talking about therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments, either online or in person. I use this, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com stronger and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash stronger. ZocDoc dot com slash stronger. On today's Mentally Stronger Friday Fix, a 2015 nationwide survey of over 1,500 college students found that almost every college kid said they were academically prepared for college but 60% of them said they were emotionally prepared. They wished the adults in their lives had spent more time preparing them for the challenges of real life. Now, that study was done almost a decade ago, and I suspect not much has changed. In fact, things might be worse. We're in the middle of a global mental health crisis. Fortunately, though, we have an opportunity to help kids learn to build mental strength so that they can be prepared for whatever life throws their way. You can start teaching them when they're toddlers, and you can keep on supporting them straight through adulthood. A few small changes to the way you parent can go a long way toward helping them be emotionally prepared for life. Welcome to Mentally Stronger. I'm Amy Morin, a psychotherapist, mental strength trainer, and an international best-selling author of six books on mental strength. You're listening to the Friday Fix Edition. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. And the fun part is we record the show from a sailboat in the Florida Keys. Today, I'm talking about how to help kids build mental strength. When I wrote 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, the biggest question I got from readers was, how do we teach kids how to become mentally strong? And that's actually how I got the idea for my second book, which was 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do. And then my fourth book was a kid's book, 13 Things Strong Kids Do. Today, I'm going to teach you some exercises that you can use to teach your kid mental strength strategies. And it's something that they'll carry with them, and it'll probably be helpful for the rest of their lives. One of the cool things about writing a kid's book is I hear from a lot of parents and teachers who say that they're actually learning the information right alongside their kids for the very first time because nobody ever taught us about mental strength when we were younger. And while a lot of the strategies that can help kids grow mentally stronger are simple, that doesn't mean that they're easy. It's really tough to raise mentally strong kids, especially right now in today's world. Kids are dealing with a lot of things that we didn't deal with. Everything from the lockdowns during the pandemic and issues surrounding social media. Fortunately for us, we didn't have to deal with those things when we were kids. Also, as parents, there's no guidebook on how to handle those things. 
So it's more important than ever to teach kids about mental strength right now. And I think that kids and young people are really struggling the most with their mental health. By teaching them about mental strength, I guarantee we'll save them a lot of unnecessary suffering. And then we give them the tools that they need to go on to reach their greatest potential. And it might just be a few small changes to the way that you're parenting your kids that make all the difference in the world and their ability to build mental strength. Now, you can't build mental strength for them, but you can give them the tools and the environment that they need to build it for themselves. So whether you have a toddler who's just starting to learn about feelings, like when you see those angry temper tantrums, or you have a teenager who could use a little more self-discipline, here are three strategies that you can use to teach your child how to be mentally strong. Number one, teach them the difference between thoughts, feelings, and behavior. Teach your child that when they say, I don't like my brother, that's a thought. Anger is the feeling, and hitting your brother is the behavior. Kids often get those three things confused. In fact, in my therapy office, a lot of adults get those confused too. When I'll ask a question like, what did you think about that? They might say, well, I was angry. But anger is the feeling. And we want kids to know that their thoughts aren't always true. Whatever they feel, it's okay. But it's their job to manage their behavior despite those feelings. So when your child's a toddler, you can start saying things like, it's okay to feel angry, but it's not okay to hit. That helps kids understand that they have choices in how they behave, even when the feeling is really uncomfortable or really intense. And then when you start talking more about feelings, you're teaching them how to label that feeling, which is a powerful tool. I've talked before on this show about how labeling a feeling takes a lot of the sting out of it. That's true for adults as well as kids. So a kid who can say, I feel really anxious right now, gets a little bit of relief from their anxiety almost instantly. There's a saying we often teach to kids that's, you have to name it to tame it. When they can name an emotion, that's a great start to figuring out, what am I going to do with this feeling? But if you have a kid who isn't likely to talk much about feelings, and that can be common with older kids and teens, they might not want to sit down and tell you, I'm really sad right now. A strategy that works, and we use this in therapy, is to just rate their feelings on a scale of 1 to 10. So you could tell them on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being awful and 10 being great, how did you feel at practice today? That can open up a whole bunch of opportunities to talk about the things that affect their mood and the choices that they have in responding to those feelings. So if they're willing to name their emotion, go for it. If not, just use a scale, 1 to 10. And a lot of kids will open up that way. Strategy number two is teach healthy ways to cope with feelings. I mentioned this in the intro, that a survey of 1,500 college students found that 60% of them said they wish they had gotten more help with emotional preparation for college. And they all said that we focused a lot on academics and they felt academically prepared. They don't know how to deal with the feelings. What do you do when you're upset with your roommate? How do you deal with the disappointment when you fail a test? What do you do when you feel lonely? Now, I'll hear a lot of people say things like, well, kids are resilient, but they aren't born resilient. We need to teach them how to deal with uncomfortable feelings. 
They don't know how to deal with it unless we show them. And there are lots of ways to deal with the same feeling. Anger, for example. You can act on it. You can cope with it. You can calm yourself down. But kids don't know what to do unless we help them discover what works for them. The first step is to teach them that their feelings aren't wrong. Whatever they feel is okay. But then we need to figure out how to cope with that feeling. So there's an exercise I teach a lot of kids in my therapy office, and I share it in my book too, and it's called A Friend or an Enemy. You can teach this to your kids. So after they've named that emotion, ask them to figure out whether that feeling right now is a friend or an enemy. Any feeling has a potential to be either. Excitement might be your child's friend when they're running around having fun at recess but it might be their enemy when it's the last day before vacation and they can't pay attention in class. Or sadness could be their friend when it helps them honor something that they lost, like they're writing a letter to a friend who moved away that they miss. But it might be their enemy when it tries to convince them to just sit by themselves at lunch and stay stuck in a bad mood. Anger could be their friend when it gives them courage to stick up for somebody but it might be their enemy when it causes them to say something that hurts their friend's feelings. When kids better understand all this, that their emotions are okay, and sometimes any emotion can be helpful, sometimes they aren't, it empowers them to take action and it can help them figure out, what am I gonna do about this feeling? Teach them that they have choices and give them a bunch of tools that they can use to manage those emotions. Tools might include anything from coloring a picture when they're upset or reading a joke book when they're sad, calling their grandmother when they're anxious, or maybe just playing with their favorite toy when they feel lonely. You can be hands-on and show kids these strategies. Sometimes we'll create what we call a calm-down kit, and it'll be a shoebox filled with things that kids can physically reach for when they're upset. It might be Play-Doh or scented lotion that helps them calm down. Your kids will learn a lot about emotions by watching you, but they'll probably misinterpret a lot of things or they won't know how you're feeling. So if you stepped away when you were taking a break, they won't necessarily know that you're doing that to calm down. So it's important when it comes to teaching them to deal with their feelings that there are specific strategies they can reach for. It's also important to let kids feel uncomfortable. Let them be sad sometimes, let them be anxious. Let your kid be bored. And then you give them practice to deal with those feelings while they're still under your roof. And that can prepare them for adulthood. Now, before I get to number three, and you're not going to want to miss this one, I'm going to pause for a quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to get high-quality meat delivered straight to your house? Or in my case, a sailboat? Try ButcherBox. It saves me time and money. And if you order right now, Mentally Stronger listeners can get steak, chicken, or salmon free in every single order for an entire year. I love that ButcherBox offers grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught seafood. There are no antibiotics or added hormones. They even offer vegetarian options. ButcherBox lets you decide how often you want deliveries, and you can pick a curated plan, or you could completely customize your box. Sign up at butcherbox.com stronger and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer. 
plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com stronger and use code STRONGER to choose your free-for-a-year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Okay, welcome back. Let's talk about number three, the third thing that you could do to teach kids about mental strength. Teach them how to respond to their negative thoughts. Negative thoughts are normal, and we need to teach kids how do you respond to those thoughts. Sometimes thoughts are just way too negative to be true, but sometimes they're not. They're just not helpful. As an adult, it's tempting to correct kids. So if your child comes to you and says, I know I'm going to fail my test on Friday, you might feel like saying, oh, no, you'll do just fine, or don't worry about it. But when we say those things, we're teaching them that their thoughts are wrong and that they need us to step in and correct it. So a better approach is to teach them, how can you respond to your own negative thoughts? Because the truth is, you're not always going to be there to be their sounding board. There are several ways to do this, but one of my favorite strategies is to just flip it around. When your child says, I know I'm going to mess up on Friday, just stop and say, what would you say to your friend? If your friend came to you and said, I'm going to mess up on Friday, what would you say to them? And your child will probably say something like, well, I'd tell my friend he could study for his math test, or I'd say, you'll do great. And then encourage your child to give themselves that same exact kind of advice that they would give to somebody else. Like most grown-ups, kids are usually a lot nicer to their friends than they are to themselves. When you teach them to look at the situation from a friend's perspective, it takes a lot of the emotion out of it, so it's easier to think rationally. Of course, this works for us grown-ups too, so it's a great strategy in your own life. When you're struggling with something, say, What advice would I give to my friend right now? Now, I know it's tempting to try and and spare kids from pain, but learning how to deal with pain could be one of the best gifts we ever give kids. Basically, you raise kids until they're 12. After that, your job is to step aside and let them be in the driver's seat quite often. That means letting them make mistakes, giving them opportunities to practice coping with uncomfortable feelings, and then stepping in and supporting them when they need help. So those are three things you can do to start teaching kids how to build mental strength. Teach them the difference between thoughts, feelings, and behavior. Teach healthy coping skills to deal with those feelings. And teach them how to respond to negative thoughts. Keep in mind, it's never too early to start talking about these things, but it's also never too late. Whether you're learning about mental strength for the first time as an adult, or you've got an adult child, you can build a new mental muscle at any time. If you want more parenting strategies that can help your kids build mental strength, pick up a copy of my book, 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do. Every chapter has a whole bunch of strategies that you can use to teach your kid new skills that will help them become responsible adults. And there's stuff in every chapter for preschoolers, middle schoolers, and teenagers. So no matter what age your kids are, this book can help. And I also have a book directly for the kids. It's called 13 Things Strong Kids Do. It's written for the 8 to 12-year-old range, and it's the only book I've written that's about what to do instead of what not to do. 
You can pick up either of them wherever books are sold, and both of them are available on audiobook, too. Thank you for hanging out with me today and for listening to Mentally Stronger. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can get mental strength tips delivered to you every single week. And if you want even more content, subscribe to Mentally Stronger Premium. You'll get lots of bonus episodes and exclusive extras. And I'd love to answer your questions. To subscribe, click on the link in the show notes. I have some special bonuses in store for my earliest subscribers. And as always, a big thank you to my show's producer, who helped edit my book, 13 Things Strong Kids Do, Nick Valentine.